We are Wrestling Elitist. I am Chris Scott Moore, joined as always with two nights of stupendous Sean Nash and Alex, the granddaddy of them all, Gibson. How's it going, boys? We're, we're coming down hard from the high of WrestleMania weekend, but we're back in Michigan and we're recovering slowly. Holla, holla, holla. I'm uh, feeling a little bit sick and beaten down from uh, this last week. Went through the Mania nights with a headache, came back with a nice cold, uh, but still worth every moment of it. Well, thanks for giving us COVID, Alex. <laughs> I tested negative. I tested uh, negative. Bullshit. You didn't get tested. No, <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening today. Uh, if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Please continue to support the show by sharing the podcast with your fellow wrestling fans. Uh, want to apologize to these two folks and the and our entire audience. Uh, we did tape a very special WrestleMania preview before we left. Uh, but due to time constraints and a fuck up on my end, it didn't get brought, it didn't get uh, published. So apologize for that. But if you're going to talk about fuck ups, the, 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 I don't fuck up on our Instagram. So if you go to wrestling elitist podcast on Instagram, that's where I'm the social media manager and I'm managing the shit out of that thing right now. Sometimes you may not see images on some of the postings, but Hey, that's just, you know, I'm a beginner. Sean's teaching me good content. It's all you good. Yeah. And you can also follow us on wrestling elitist or wrestling this podcast, excuse me, on Twitter. And then please visit our website at wrestling That's where we'll post our latest match reviews. And then this week we'll be posting write-ups on WrestleMania itself. And then we'll do a recap of the uh, indie shows that we watched this weekend. And then a little photojournalism spread as well of all the uh, sites and things that we witnessed this week in Dallas. So, Sean, do you want to give the audience a format of what we're going to be talking about in this very special bonus episode? Yes, yeah, opposed to most normal weeks where we give you the match moment news, cringe, and what we're looking forward to, we're going to give you a little breakdown of what we saw and where we went, uh, then give you our match moment, favorite wrestler of the week, cringy moment of the week, and our favorite show that we attended. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. And we did attend quite a number of shows. So what we want to do first is just do a quick high level overview. We won't spend too, too much time on it, but just want to give a quick, um, uh, quick to do about where we attended this week. So the first show that we went to was uh, GCW Bloodsport. It was the first time that I went to see Bloodsport live. Um, really cool venue. What stuck out to you, Alex? Yeah, I thought it was a, a very cool venue, very open. Um, obviously the, the first thing that you notice when you're in there is that there's no ropes or anything like that. Uh, so just a different presentation of the entire event right there. And, uh, just a really quick card in the way that matches were probably eight to 10 minutes long at the longest. I don't know. I think even the main event was about 12 minutes. Um, so there was, you know, we got to see like 11 or 12 matches, but got to see them, you know, they're quick hitters. I've watched Bloodsport. Uh, I've watched them as a pay-per-view with Sean before, but this was my first time seeing it live. Very cool. Very unique. It's one of those things that strikes me as it's cool as long as you keep it special. Don't do it a million times a year, uh, but you know, I think they do it about two or three times a year at this point. That's the perfect amount. Um, just, just kind of keep it a, a special thing. It really makes it unique. Um, got to see a lot of people that we, we know with uh, Mox. Um, Biff Busick, uh, formerly known as Oni Lorkin, um, Jonah, uh, which I know we had to look up his name before, and I can't remember it again. Bronson Reed, I think, is what he was in yep. NXT. Um, Josh Barnett, um, and, and some other big names, and some new people that we we had never seen before. So, what uh, one of which being um, that was our first Mike Bailey match that we saw, and then we got to see him a few times. We saw Minoru Suzuki. So, overall, really cool presentation, cool show for me. I thought it was the perfect way for us to kick off the uh, WrestleMania week for us. Sean? Yeah, definitely the best way to start the, the weekend. Probably for the wrestlers, too. You really get those hard bumps off the way, out of the way, before you start your real wrestling esque matches. Um, one thing you notice, too, when you walk in that building, uh, whatever you'd call that kind of place, the floors were solid concrete and they did not did not care about falling outside of that ring. That was loud noise and what a sight to see. Um, you guys mentioned 
plenty of times, I think after the show ended, of just how simple everything was. There wasn't anything crazy, and that was perfect for it. Uh, Alex mentioned some some of the new wrestlers we saw. Uh, some like uh, Yuya Yam, Yuyamura can't totally say it, but fantastic showing for someone never even heard of. Um, even Simon Grimm kind of had a little character to himself, which we didn't really see much of in his WWE days. So overall fun, a uh, great way to kind of get the blood flowing for what was going to be a long, long WrestleMania weekend. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I just want to echo your guys' thoughts. I love the venue itself. It did feel down and dirty and gritty, almost like uh, what Raw Underground maybe would be in real life. Totally. Uh, and then I also just liked, again, the simplicity of everything. And and as Sean mentioned, we ranted and raved about this, but it was hilarious just to see the pop a suplex would get. Um, and when they went outside the ring, just this collective gasp of, oh, fuck, they're really hurt. Uh, so every little thing they did uh, seemed to um, have more meaning in the context that they were at. I want to give a shout out to in the opening match, we saw Ninja Mac, uh, or, or was that the second? Oh, yeah, the second match. Uh, Ninja Mac took off his mask. Uh, he's normally a, a masked wrestler for those who have never seen him. And that was such a cool kind of twist to it, too. Like, just once again, Shoot. that added simplicity of like, no, this isn't this isn't a normal wrestling match. This is a uh, a true fight. I'm taking off the mask and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not worrying about that. I thought that was a really cool touch. Um, that I wouldn't have thought to do, um, but I'm glad that he did. Okay. And then from there, we had WrestleCon, uh, the uh, special tribute show that was in the hotel, I don't know, atrium or one of their ballrooms. Um, interesting show, a lot of surprises and a lot of fun going on here. Alex, what was your thought on this one? This show started at such a high with Bandito versus Speedball. And then just took a slow, slow nosedive, and then it really went ninety degree angle straight down. Uh, it was absolutely a shit show by the end of it. Uh, but Bandito versus Mike Bailey was amazing. Um, it was great to see Athena. Um, I, I didn't think her match with Mia Yim was great. It had a weird ending with the ref bump that they took, but overall, still a decent match. We saw a Dirty Dishes match in there. Um, and then we saw Loki try to fight a fan, uh, very, very weird, but I think the highlight for all of us was the, uh, the multi-man match that included yeah. Barry Horowitz, uh, Enzo Amore, uh, the rock and roll express, um, Fondango. Yeah. And we got to see even summer Ray at one point, uh, just the weirdest match of all time. <laughs> uh, also I, I, partially think that i got high from the fumes of that uh of uh, leatherface bringing out the chainsaw which they would never do that again um <laughs> otherwise it was a it was a it was a it was a fun show i'm glad we went to it but not very good quality yeah we were kind of running on the high at buying those tickets earlier in the day and then right off the bat great match and then we kind of see some things just kind of fuck up we got to see Ishii in a in a good old match with uh, Timothy Thatcher, some some beef slapping there. But yeah, everything kind of just slowly went down. But uh, Suzuki and Biff Busick kind of picked it up. Biff kind of had a nice first day of WrestleMania weekend that um, kind of gave him some credit in my book. And then, yeah, once that Onita PCO match came out, we should have known by just those two being in it, it's going to be a bigger clusterfuck than the GCW <laughs> clusterfuck match. But just... It was fun all around until we we hit that main event, which we'll we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, The other thing that set out for this show. So the three of us kind of line jumped to the very front here and we got early entrance into the ballroom. And so the three of us are all excited that we're going to be sitting on the aisle and we're all fired up. And then we keep noticing that people are asking or saying that, hey, you're in my seat, you're in my seat. And we thought we were in the clear because it was what the first six rows got to yeah. have assigned seatings. But from then on, it was general uh, general seating. And then we weren't uh, part of the general admission. We actually were in people's seats. So we felt really bad about it. And then we moved to a different part of the uh, of the of the grand arena. Uh, different part of AT&T Stadium there. Um, but that was kind of fun in itself, though, because from where we were sitting at, you got to see a lot of the wrestlers kind of hang out uh, from backstage. We got to see Bret Hart come in. 
which was funny in itself. Bret Hart made about a 20 minute appearance. I saw him kind of walk in. I said hi, Brett, to him. He looked very happy to be there, had like a appreciative gleam in his eye that fans still recognized him. And then he was introduced uh, as a special ambassador after the second or at the start of the second match. And then he immediately left and never came back. <laughs> so I don't think they paid him to be there. I think it was just like, Hey, he's here. Let's have him be the special ambassador. And they just kind of did like, a, I don't know, played something by ear or whatever the hell, but it was very funny to see him. Like, it's going to be a great show guys. And then just gone. <laughs> it's and then Jushin Thunder Liger at least walks yes. out to the ring, gives us a wave, bows to us all. The hitman just, <laughs> Thanks for being here and walks out. Just really cared. I went to the bathroom with Josh and Thunder Liger. Huh, good for you. At least he didn't have to take off the whole suit to pee. Yes, he went He went in the bathroom with straight gimmick. The, <laughs> the fake hair, the wig, the mask, everything, the cape. He went right into the john with all that on. So that was also <laughs> awesome that we all shared the same bathroom and you got to see, uh, uh, you know, just an extra personal side of our favorite wrestlers. Oh. Also, from our tremendous seats that we got after we moved for the third time, we saw him peeking out the curtain, but still covering up his nose and mouth just because you you didn't know if that was Jushin Thunder Liger in that mask. <laughs> you couldn't tell from the horns, the beast god. But, God, you got to love the character. Got to love him. And uh, that was a cool... Another cool thing about it was, like you said, like there was wrestlers watching all those matches like behind us for a long time. Uh, you know, we, we had Tony Storm, uh, Athena, um, and a couple others that were that were there the whole time. Um, and just like it, it was a cool venue because of the fact that it, was, it felt like we were just kind of mixing it up with with all the our favorite wrestlers yeah. that we see every week. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest show of all time, but it was a great atmosphere because you would get to see um, a Braun Strowman. I think even he was there, a guy yeah. that looked suspiciously like. Doc Gallows, but actually really wasn't Doc Gallows, but kind of just stood there as if he was, was there. Uh, and then after the show, we bumped into, or we didn't bump into him, we just saw him, Adam Cole, Bye -bye. and then, uh, Jungle Boy and Christian, our friends in real life. And they were on a double date with uh, Anna Jay. It's beautiful. You really broke down that fourth wall in the, the WrestleCon Hotel. It's, it's all there for you to see <laughs> yeah. happen right in front of you. All right. And then in the same venue, the next day we saw the uh, New Japan, uh, was it the shootout? I think, was that the title of Lone the show? Star shootout. Lone Star, Star shootout. shootout. Uh, and this much like the first day going to uh, the WrestleCon venue. So we got to get uh, great seats this time and we were right on the aisle. Uh, so it was a perfect uh, way to attend the show. And we had a great seat for the show itself. So Alex, what stood out to you about the New Japan Super Show? Yeah, the seats were amazing to have. That was probably the best place I've ever sat. I've sat front row for a wrestling show before, but with how close we were, some of the stars we got to see, and also we could even see like Mox made a surprise appearance, and we kind of saw him hanging out in the back from our angle anyways before that, so it was kind of cool to see that and know that was coming. Um, but I thought that that was good. One complaint that I have about New Japan oftentimes is they just have matches go too long. Like They can't have just a simple, quick, quick match, but much like Bloodsport, this was a quick hitter, like 10, 10 to 12 minutes, get in, get out, onto the next match. And that was really nice. So uh, we were up against a time crunch because uh, the next show we went to was the uh, Supercard of Honor, and we wanted to make sure we caught the FTR and Briscoe's match. So we were kind of all panicking of like, are we going to get to see the Jay White match that we want to see? Are we going to get to see Chris Dickinson? We got to see all of it. Um, and you know that all worked out perfectly for us. So Great show. It was quick. There wasn't any match that stood out as like incredible four or five stars, but it was exactly what kind of we were looking for, I think, when we went to that show and uh, kind of, you know, kept a good pace. And, and it was really a good uh, step up from what we saw with WrestleCon the night before. Yeah. Um, like you said, nothing really kind of popped out. It was nice to see Mike Bailey again. He took a sick bump with the uh, like backflip knee spot onto the hardest part of the ring there on the apron. But, uh, Thankfully, we got to see all we wanted to see, all we kind of paid to see with the Ishii and Dickinson match, Jay White, got to find out who Mike Bailey was, saw Suzuki again, and then hightailed our ass over to Supercard, like you said, with Suzuki, Suzuki, basically. And in between there, we found out that we have similar accommodational taste to the great Diamond Dallas Page. So it was a fantastic little four-hour period of time there. 
Yes, we uh, we stayed in the same hotel as DDP with uh, Chris and I on the same floor as him. Uh, but also, if you look back at uh, the gifs of or any video from the shootout, <laughs> Lone Star shootout, when you see Minoru Suzuki uh, pulling a kid to the stage and, and waving to the crowd, you can see uh, Chris reaching his hand out for a high five and getting denied. If you haven't if you haven't saved it yet, save it, clipboard it, and keep that one forever. Yeah, that little boy wasn't young Christopher. I was not pulled up <laughs> to dance with any of the fucking wrestlers. When I was right there wearing a goddamn switchblade shirt, Jay White didn't even make eye contact with me. Everyone just blew right by me. Yeah, except Mark. Speedball. Except Speedball. He was the only one that actually gave me some love. But Mox I was right gave you guys there. some love. Uh, I got a video of you guys getting a little pat. Really? Mox, yeah, he Mox, did? Mox dapped us up. I think that's what kids say. Dap. dap. Okay. Yeah, you got dapped up. Okay. I thought I thought he still like looked over me as well. I guess this is all the rejection that I've been feeling, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we were like Alex. right by the uh, right by the edge of the stage. And so I was standing right there um, and it was an awesome place to watch a show. So that was a cool, uh, cool venue. And then, like Alex said, we hightailed it to Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor. Um, besides the great match, what all stood out for you, Alex, at that show? Uh, what stood out to me the most was our Uber driver shaving five minutes off the time to get there. Uh, he was a speed demon. <laughs> That's a five star review if I've ever given one. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a cool spot. It was a cool place. I think so. They ended up selling about 2000 tickets. And I heard that prior to that FTR Briscoe's match, they had only sold about 200. And it felt like when we were there, for, like when that match happened, 100% felt like uh, everyone was there for that match. But overall, really cool. I was at that same venue for AEW Dynamite back in July. Um, they had a lot of good matches. Uh, Lee Moriarty versus Jay Lethal. Uh, that was what we walked in on them. They had just started that match right as we got there. Uh, great, great showing. Great to see that they're actually kind of continuing AEW storylines in yeah. ROH. So it makes me think that they are going to go with it being almost their NXT uh, type of thing. And then we also saw it, it felt like a full reset for ROH, right? Because every title essentially changed hands. The only one that you would say technically didn't would be the main the main title because they were there were two title holders because of an interim and a non-interim. Um, so I think that for me that was that was a a really good show that um, you know I haven't been interested in a Ring of Honor for years and I'm instantly back in. You mentioned the title reset. You know the thing I haven't seen yet is someone calling it like Ring of Connor or something like that because now that he's like controlling everything and okay. I, I haven't heard that shitty dad joke pun yet, but. Nevertheless. All right, Sean, what all stood out for you at the show? Um, yeah, this obviously was a great show throughout. Uh, kind of had the feels of WrestleCon where the show kind of hit, it, hit its high early, especially as soon as we got there, and then took a little bit of a nosedive, but I don't think it really goes to the quality of the matches because they were still just great, but we just we saw a six-star match in that tag team match, and that will definitely go down as the best thing we saw that weekend. So. Great. I was about to get uh, in a little heated feud with the concession workers there. But yes. Luckily, calmer heads prevailed, and uh, I took two credit card charges on my card as well as paying them cash. But we got some hot dogs, so that's all that matters. The, the finest hot dogs I ever ate. Oh, you better be. For those of you that don't know the Stone Pitbull in real life, he's very calm, very passive, very placid. Just a nice fellow who's uh, impossible to get worked up. But you did see his patience get uh, disturbed a little bit when, as we're ordering our food before we even paid for it, <laughs> the lady was like, tip, 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 tip. Oh, tip. my and God. Just pointing to it. And then didn't even have the dog. We were in line for fucking forever. Oh. And we're trying to get down there in time for the main event or the big match. The main event. And we're basically. almost missing it because <laughs> she's so preoccupied with the tip and she had no clue what we actually ordered after we told her what we ordered. Awful service for wanting such a, a tip to start the transaction. Oh. <laughs> Well, and, and Sean had already been heckled by someone for only oh. tipping 20% earlier at a concession stand. Is this a thing in Texas? Like, do you guys just not tip around there? Is this a, what the fuck? Come on, people. Or is it wrestling fans? Maybe it's wrestling fans because, you know. Everyone uh, else was sweet in Texas besides like those couple of uh, beer vendors. Yeah, beer vendors. Um, the venue itself, though, uh, wasn't as full. Like, you could see a lot of empty seats in the audience. And I bet that was clear on pay-per-view. But it was loud. This was the most um, 
I mean, I would say uh, this hype, like psyched up crowd I've heard in person and that FCR Briscoe's match, which we'll talk about later, had the best crowd reaction I think I've seen for a match live. So a lot of great shit there. Yeah, per capita, that kind of felt like it matched the uh, the volume of the Stone Cold uh, experience that we got over the Saturday and Sunday days. Cool. So let's talk about Saturday and Sunday at WrestleMania. What was your impression, Alex, of the stadium, the show, anything that comes to mind? Oh, man, the stadium is what every, you know, every promised stadium you have, like when we had out when Little Caesars Arena came out, Ford Field, all that stuff, all those things that are promised to you. That's what it felt like AT&T Stadium is uh, beautiful setup, um, just ginormous in terms of size and it just feels like like it i'm like oh it makes sense that this place was a billion dollars or whatever a couple of years ago to make um the set was really cool i thought that they did a good job on the design i'm glad we didn't end up in like one of the orlando shows where they have like a random pirate ship and all of that stuff um we had amazing seats good job on that chris uh i think that we're uh, pretty much perfect. The only I think the only thing that any of us said that we would have wanted to do different would be a little bit more centered, but it wasn't a bad like we weren't in a bad spot at all. Um, so my my impression was was very positive, uh, and I think that overall they did a great job. If if there's one thing that I've always been able to compliment WWE on, it's their presentation and their production. Um, maybe not their way that they uh, present a match in terms of cuts, but uh, everything else, you know. It was a great, uh, a great two nights in terms of just feeling like you were around a bunch of people who truly love wrestling, um, and and all the other, all the things that went along with it. Um, the the shows were four hours, but they kind of flew by in my mind. Yeah, um, uh, same sentiments about the stadium. Definitely, will be one of the probably the top two football stadiums I'll ever enter if SoFi compares in any kind of sort of way. Um, Overall show did definitely move fast. It, there was a lot of stuff on Saturday that just didn't really wet my whistle, ring my bell. Um, it was cool to see Cody finally come out in WWE and be cheered. Weirdly, it's been it's been a while since that happened. Uh, Bianca and um, blah, 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 Becky Lynch really kind of stole the early show. And then, boy, was it loud as ever and cool as hell seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin drive that four-wheeler down the ramp, nearly almost fall off, it looked like. And, oh man, <laughs> just badass. Badass scene. I'm really fulfilled a childhood uh, dream or memory. You know what had me shook about Cody's entrance is the fact that my cousin knows the words to the second verse of that song. Got to get him on here when we do those little quizzes. <laughs> he'll, he'll dominate. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of words, I didn't know there was lyrics to the Jackass theme song. Alex right. pointed it out the second day, but I didn't know there was any jingle to the or lyrics to that jingle. Um, yeah, I, and, and I would just agree with your guys' overall sentiment. That was the best stadium that I've ever been to. Um, even better than Ford Field, surprisingly. Uh, Concrete yeah. jungle. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great stadium, and there truly wasn't a bad seat in the house, it felt like. Um it was a perfect venue for WrestleMania and the crowd was super hot and into pretty much everything. I don't think there was anything that died or wasn't over. Everyone was very excited and happy to be at the show. Some matches weren't good. Was it the best WrestleMania of all time? No, but it felt like a great spectacle and they did a good job with the, with the uh, sets and the lighting and the production aspects of it, the pyro, the music, everything was on point in terms of that. And I, I want to say, like, I think probably on the show, even I've been not super pumped about WrestleMania. Like I was pumped about the week leading up to it and being down there, but I left very impressed, even though it wasn't the greatest WrestleMania of all time. There were some matches that I didn't agree with how they did them. That was way more fun than I really anticipated it being like, it was just an awesome, awesome event to be a part of. Cool. All right. Well, let's keep up the awesome talk. Let's go into the match of the week, break down a little bit more Briscoe's uh, doing the old job to FTR, Alex. What was your thoughts on this match? Yeah, uh, well, my the previously prior to this week, the best match I've ever seen live was uh, DIY versus uh, formerly the Revival, now FTR. Uh, two out of three falls match in uh, Toronto for Takeover, and this match has now passed that. 
Uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes because we we're there live and I haven't had a chance to rewatch it uh, on like Supercard or uh, what is their streaming service? Uh, Honor Club. Honor Club, yet. Um, but the way that this the match built, first of all, they didn't touch for the first minute and a half after the bell rang and the crowd was just going bananas. And, um, you know, I'm not comparing these two matches in any way, but it's just that same feeling of Rock versus Hogan. I've always felt like I missed out not getting to be at that. I mean, it's not like I was at an age that I would have been able to really when that happened. But in terms of that true, that feeling of like just the crowd being so hot for something before it even starts. And, um, and, and it, it's like the only thing that seems to have come close. Obviously, it's way less people. It was a smaller area. So that kind of helps helps with the sound and everything. But just absolutely, the crowd was so into it before it even started. It built up perfectly. Um, you know, seeing the Briscoes hit the uh, the shatter machine on FTR at one point and have a near fall there. Uh, just a, a perfect match, really. There was a couple of near falls, but they didn't do it too much. Um, just a it's it's hard for a match to be that hyped and live up to the hype. And I think that it not only lived up to it, it, it potentially even exceeded it in my mind. Um, I'm excited to see where things go from here tonight. They're going to be facing the young bucks for the triple a and ROH titles. So we'll see uh, if this is a short reign or not. And uh, interested in what it means for the Briscoes because the Briscoes got jumped by the young bucks. So um, maybe they're going to be sticking around in ROH and, you know, kind of still still be that tag team that that lives there. So overall, just an absolutely uh, perfect match. I, I can't really say anything else. I do want to watch it on um, streaming as well because I heard that the commentary was amazing too. Yeah, it was a match making it worth going out and getting that honor club again. I was kind of put off by it by the first go around. It was just awful quality of an app. But man, oh man, this match just so hot from start to end uh we saw some spots where mark briscoe really wanted to risk it all and just did some top rope jumps onto the outside um a lot of face-to-face moments where they kind of just went back and forth with punches elbows and everything everyone really gave it their all it was about i we definitely need to go back and watch it because it's just so much to to remember in the moment and then just at the end when Young Bucks came out and just built this little feud up a little more and got us ready for tonight to watch that match. Fantastic. It was just another day of hot, hot wrestling. Yeah, I Alex can't, you know, even state properly how hot this crowd was. And it was to the level of Rock and Hogan and CM Punk Cena from Money in the Bank. It felt that loud and everyone was that into it. Um and the lockups were so tight. They would hit each other with shots that looked stiffer probably than they actually were, but everything felt like it was a real legitimate fight. They'd had one spot towards, I think relatively the end of the match where they did like a suplex to the outside. And there was a fear that there was going to be a double count out. The crowd was absolutely into that spot and going back to blood sport simplicity mattered in this match. And the little things did um, create a great effect later on in the match. So uh, perfect match. I think it was probably the best tag team match I've ever seen. Certainly the best tag team match I've ever seen live in person. So uh, that was quite the event. Um, from there, I want to go into moment of the week. This one was our favorite moment of all time, maybe. Austin Stunny McMahon. Talk about it, Alex. What What really is there to say other than, you know, <laughs> we, 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 uh, we we didn't think that we'd ever get to see this really live, right? So, and I I don't know why I didn't think that they would do this the second that they announced that Pat McAfee was facing Austin Theory. Like that should have, and that you know, with Vince being his mentor and everything like that, that should have clicked in my head. Um, but it was so good. Uh, I mean, not the stunner. The stunner was awful. Uh, <laughs> I I saw the edit that the production team did in the. Uh, uh, for like the next day, like review of it. And they actually made it look pretty decent. Um, but you know, that's, that's, uh, it's kind of the Tom and Jerry thing, right. With, you know, they're, they're destined to do this forever. And, uh, it was cool to get to be there live for it in Dallas, getting to hear the glass shatter twice in in the same weekend and, and see Austin come out was perfect. Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, it's something that I'm never going to forget that I got to see. Yeah, as soon as McMahon took off those 
those shirts and his jacket and that black uh, <laughs> uh, wife beater was on. Man, oh man, we should have knew that the Stone Cold was coming out. Awful stunner, looked like a dead fish in there again. Um, maybe forgot that you get the kick before you get the stun. But boy, oh boy, that crowd went loud. And yeah, who doesn't love to see that? I, I, I currently love my job. I'm happy with the people I work with. But who doesn't love to see their boss just get it or just I never, ever wanted to give it to their boss? So awesome to see live in person. Just a, a childhood memory Monday nights. And awesome. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I wish they did keep it as shitty as it was on the network just because it was so funny to watch. I was like one of the... 800,000 that watch Mick Foley's reaction to it uh, of him taking that awful stunner. Vince was so great at the facial expressions. He was so horrible in everything else that he did. Any kind of physicality he did was absolutely embarrassing. But the little sip he made when he was swiggling, uh, swigging the beer was genius. So great. And, and then like he completely forgot how to take the stunner and it looked abysmal and it was one of the worst bumps I've ever seen. And it was awesome to see Austin laughing his ass off and not even trying to hide it. He was having so much fun watching Vince perform so poorly. And apparently everyone backstage also thought it was funny and they just got a big kick out of how bad Vince looked, but how much Vince enjoyed himself out there too. Uh, it looked like they were having a lot of fun. So it was good to see that. Yeah. Stone Cold loved, looked like he was loving it after just kind of drunkenly running around, giving a little airplane. Just, boy, oh boy. That would have been. Those are the three best stunners I think I've seen in succession. You had Austin Theory who like 20 feet in the air and then was doing like the swimming downward as he's falling. Yeah. And then Vince did whatever the fuck Vince does. And then uh, <laughs> Pat did the, he did like a great spit out of his beer as well. I mean, yeah. everyone oh, was yeah. just on point with their stunner game. What was uh, the and, third guy's name? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Okay. Right. So we're just going to bypass that because that could be, uh, that could probably constitute a punishment for me down the line. It should. It should. How many times you screwed that one up? But. Pat McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> McAfee. McAfee. Fuck. You didn't even try. Uh, Pat. Pat, then when they cut to him later, just pouring beer in his mouth while he was passed oh, out. So great. It was so funny. <laughs> so great. <laughs> and that's where all the damn uh, Stone Cold IPAs went. Man, oh man, I couldn't find a single thing in the t- in the city. Almost, almost made it my cringe of the week. How are we in Dallas with Stone Cold having his retirement match? Couldn't find a Broken Skull Lager to save our lives. Some bitch. I wanted that IPA. We've been it's been on the network for years. We couldn't mm-hmm. find it in any of the beer stores that we went to down there. It was nowhere to be found. We Anytime were, we looked to buy beer, we couldn't see it. We were stuck with tequila waters. And boy, oh uh, and those went down perfectly. Uh, Dreaming of them, uh, came back up <laughs> for some. For too. some, the stronger, <laughs> the strongest prevailed. <laughs> All right, now let's go to a speedball of another kind. Alex, who was your wrestler of the week? <laughs> uh it was speedball Mike Bailey, uh, a name that I've heard for many years, but uh, for the last five years has been banned from the U.S. due to his uh, uh, working without a visa here um, and recently came back. He's an impact guy. Um, and we got to see him. Was it three times or four times total? Three. Three out of his uh, out of his nine matches in three days. And uh, he didn't disappoint any time. And he's faced very different people. He faced Bandito. He faced Jay White. And then, um, uh, who is the, uh, Jay Yuya, 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 Yeah. Yeah. At Bloodsport. And, uh, every time he just, he meshed well, um, he took some crazy spots. That guy's not going to have knees in five years with the way that he misses those knee spots sometimes. Um, but just absolutely, uh, incredible to watch. I love his style with his, uh, clear Taekwondo, uh, you know, kind of origins and things like that. And um, also has has a has a knack for uh, taking bumps on the ropes that are terrifying. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah. He uh, unfortunately he fought the law and the law won. So did all three of his opponents this week or in the WrestleMania week that we saw. Um, but nonetheless, was a fantastic wrestler. I just figured, you know, maybe for Bloodsport, he's not going to wear shoes. That makes sense. No one's really wearing shoes. He still came out in the kick pads. That son of a bitch was still not wearing shoes later in the night at WrestleCon and the next day, it blows my mind that he's able to do some of the flips and tricks and shit that he did and not stub a toe or not just be like, I'm done with this. I can't 
compete. My feet hurt. Uh, we basically followed him around the, the first couple of days and, uh, he did not disappoint one bit. I've heard him on, um, discussion of PWG matches on the, we watch wrestling podcast. And, uh, he definitely, um, really surprised me. I thought he would have kind of just been a little sh- shitty schmub jabroni wrestler that is around, but man, he was fantastic. Yeah. It was not shitty at all. He had a great match with Bandito that really opened my eyes to him. I mean, I, I loved him in Bloodsport, but that Bandito match at the WrestleCon Memorial Show was really, really good. Um, probably the match of the night there. And he looked great against Jay White and was convincing and did a really good job. I think this guy is going to get probably signed to, um, you know, the Ring of Connor, my shitty joke, the maybe the Ring of Honor version that Tony Khan comes out with, or he may even go to NXT one day. Um, I doubt he stays in Impact just because he's got a lot of talent and he's going to go up to another level. Looked great. Uh, maybe he stays with New Japan. I don't know. But the guy certainly has a lot of potential and he did a great job. And he's also really good with fans. I saw him uh, between shows doing like a meet and greet and taking pictures and like a little kid uh, forgot to fist bump him because he was so nervous to get his picture taken with the wrestler. And he went out of his way to give him a fist pump and to spend some time with the kid. And I uh, just seemed like a good dude. Yeah, and uh, probably other than Roman, Brock, and Stone Cold, he made the most out, out of that weekend after splitting the $5,000 pot with Bandito there, man. Jesus Christ. So that hey. was a thing that was another cringe that we could even bring on oh, the list yeah. to. They would not stop promoting this $5,000 5, prize for the best match. And they made a big to-do of like, you have to turn in your ticket at the end of the show and you'll get a prize for $5,000. And then so as we were leaving... The guy who was operating the tickets was like, can you guys stop voting for Pantito and <laughs> the tickets are full in the box. <laughs> As they say in the normal elections, you can't if you don't vote, you can't complain. So uh, I cannot complain. I uh, kept that wristband for the next couple of days. What's funny about that, too, is to think if that cluster match with uh, Team Onita versus Team PCO, which arguably the largest group of wrestlers that probably needed that extra money <laughs> would have gotten it. They would have each left with like two hundred dollars. Oh, they would have loved it. Oh, yeah, that's true. We should have gave them the vote because then they didn't have to sell their plasma. (laughs) (laughs) If you knew all the wrestlers that attended that match, you'd probably agree with me. Okay, so let's go into what we thought was our cringe of the week. My cringe was we talked, I mentioned it at the top of the show. There was an incident in the main event of WrestleCon uh, before the match even started where a fan and low key. who, you know, obviously normally a level-headed guy, uh, started to get into it. <laughs> I don't know the origins of the exact thing that was said that got low-key upset, but I do know that his reaction was a little bit over the top. They uh, He ended up – I thought he was going to jump the rail and actually fight this guy. And then from there, security comes in, takes the guy away, and has him – they didn't remove him from the show. They just had him kind of – watching in the back kind of with us. And then Loki grabs the microphone and says, no, 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 I'm not having this match without him in the front row. Put him back. And uh, they go back and forth. Homicide grabs the microphone, thinks he's being funny and like does some heckles back and forth, which like he said, he didn't say anything offensive, but he was like doing the whole, like who gave me a microphone? I'm, I'm a wild card. And like the stuff that he said wasn't funny. Uh, So it, it was just kind of annoying to me at that point. Um, and then they still kept kind of going back and forth. I do want to give Loki props because, uh, when the guy sat back down, he made a comment about Loki being blackballed from the industry and Loki just shot back at him with, you paid to be here. I got paid to be here. So, you know, whatever. And then the match after that, I think they were just, I think those guys were all too much in their own heads, uh, because it just wasn't a good match and it really should have been. It was Loki and homicide versus the Briscoes. And it just felt rushed and uncomfortable um so overall yeah i just i don't know what was said so i i can't necessarily say anything against low-key uh for being upset but i i do think that he should have just been the professional and understood like hey you know it's wrestling fans unless it was something crazy offensive which i think it was something about vaccination status um just let it go 
Well, the funny thing about it too was like the Briscoes had as many matches as Speedball, and so they're just in the ring, just watching this and laughing and going, "Okay, you know what? This match is fucked. Let's just save it for FTR tomorrow, and we'll just get on through this and go on to the next one." They were completely not that they gave up, but just like, "What the hell is going on here?" and just kind of watching, bemused. Low key seemed pretty keyed up though, even by the time, like even when the ring was uh, or the doors were opening, excuse me, as people were waiting in line and going to the bathroom he would kind of poke his head out and he just looked like he was really living the gimmick so uh my cringe of the week was the just the roman and brock match um i was very disappointed in this you know if you think that the wwe wouldn't have austin and mcmahon advertise in an actual match because they didn't have the faith that they could perform and give a quality match they shouldn't have trotted out this horse shit it was such a terrible match between these two one of the worst ones that they've done and they've done some stinkers between the two of them even though they had that great match at 31 so it was pretty disappointing that they could just do um such a dud match and uh didn't seem to put any effort in um and it was just a disappointing match, especially for something promoted as the biggest match of all time and the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Is there anything that goes together better than WWE and uh, over-promising, under-delivering? No. That's that's what this match was. Uh, felt like it was just finisher spam and they just kind of rushed it. And then I think... I did see that people think that uh, Roman might have like tore his tricep or something like that. There was some photos floating around that looked like that could have been the case, which that would make sense as to why maybe they cut it early. But the fact that it ended 15 minutes early, the Rock's family was in the front row. We all kind of thought that maybe the Rock would come out to set up next year's WrestleMania. That also helped, I think, ruin a little bit of the match for me too, because I was so excited for that that. I was like, ah, I don't care what's going on right now. I care about what's going to happen at the end of this. Just weird. And and at this point, who do they build up to be a, 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 a competitor to Roman? If Brock can get beaten that quickly, I'm just kind of I, – I don't really understand it. I'm, I'm very glad that as much as I had fun at WrestleMania, it did not bring me back into WWE. Like I am I'm right. done watching it for now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and I'm very happy about that fact because I'm not ready to be let down again. Yeah, totally. It just came and went so quick. Um, we almost had a better feud going on in our section and rows below us between a drunken dude and uh, some family. Kind of very weird. That's in my cringe. Just some, some fans just really kind of took it into themselves to try and get over and all of it. And some just awkward moments throughout just – Earlier, what Alex mentioned with the whole low-key spot, it, and it came off weird from the beginning. The, the fan had a pan in his hand. It kind of seemed like he was a plant. Then that came into use later. It just seemed so weird, but also real at the same time. Um, and then we have a fan, drunk fan at WrestleMania, of course, in our section, just getting into a fight with a family who's trying to enjoy their time. Pretty weird. Couldn't couldn't get let it go after the three times that he went through our section just talking to himself looking like he's top man on the totem pole big shit and then some fans who just really wanted commentary during live shows i don't understand why anyone would ever want that it's something we kind of avoid once we go to shows live makes no sense it doesn't it doesn't add anything especially the the shilling of advertisements commercials picture in pictures that we hear day in and day out with the, the commentators but um other than that Wrestling fans, wash your hands, use deodorant, and just be clean, stay healthy, and don't be gross. The I found myself really annoyed with people who are like shouting stuff to the wrestlers uh, from our seats because you know at at a normal show it's kind of like oh well we're at a small enough area where like maybe the wrestler can hear them, um, and it's beyond like the let's go Charlotte or something like that when they're like almost like heckling them. It's like okay, so you're literally only doing this to try to make people around you laugh. And most of you aren't funny. It's about one out of 10. I would say there's ever even something that makes me kind of grin or smirk. Um, seldom never. Yeah. Like Sean said, there are some like just weird misogynistic comments um, during the women's tag match. And it's like, okay, as if they're going to hook up with your 
flubby, flabby ass. And then that guy got kicked out of the stadium, and that was hilarious to watch, actually. Um, I, I just can't imagine, and it makes me sad, but it's also fun to see at the same time. But like, what would make you pay maybe a grand? you know, for WrestleMania tickets and concessions with your girlfriend or whatever. And then you decide to get into a fight with the event staff and then push around two cops that are dragging you out by the neck, literally. And you're still talking shit and wanting to fight and throwing elbows at everyone. Um, You know, I'm kind of leftist when it comes to police reform, but that's when I have no problem with them just beating you mercifully with a Billy club. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he uh, he tried to give it him a little bit of the business right once they hit our row, and this mustache was calling. I was about to lay a hand on his shoulder and say, "Sir, it's, it's time to go." <laughs> but uh, oh my, you know, it's not. We don't want to disparage wrestling fans. That's our 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 listeners, our clientele, if anything. So it just we can always be better. We don't have to get too fucked up in public and make a mockery of ourselves or say things that we can't back up and then kind of cower in fear just you know be a good person don't say shitty things and just enjoy the the wrestling show you're at yeah just enjoy the show because we did have good fans the first night the guy in oh, front yeah. of us was super big into becky and he was really into the becky and bianca belair match and he was such a fun fan to be around um a lot of texans were like get him get him get him and they just get so into the match and they commentate in a happy pleasant way but then you do have those shit kickers become wild man after a couple of beers and they just needed to get kicked out. And that was really gratifying to see like the reaction of everyone was so happy around us. And this guy got knocked out. I loved the guy that was in front of us. Night one. He was, he was so into it. So the rest of the fan should be. Yeah, it was truly. And especially he was by himself and like, he kind of befriended like us. And then, uh, you know, Dominique was sitting in front in the front of row with us too. At that point, he, he would kind of interact with him too. Um, and so like it was cool to see somebody there who was by himself but having a great time regardless. And I, I wish he would have been there again because I there were times where I actually just enjoyed his reaction to things. Although I did kind of like the the row in front of us day two where it was like all those stoned like high schoolers. Yeah, they're just, uh, just giggling at everything that would go yeah. on and they love that jackass match. Uh, but the, what weirdo kids they bought that sister Abigail doll just you can't oh, go that bed. was creepy. You can't yeah. sleep in your room with that in there. You have to shove that thing in a box in the attic. Yeah, none at all. All right, well, let's go into what your uh, favorite shows of the week were. Alex, start us off. Sometimes simplicity is the key, and it was Bloodsport. Um, just an absolutely good card from top to bottom. Introduced us to some new wrestlers that we got to see the rest of the time. Um, the the final or the Mox versus uh, Biff Busick match. I think up until we got to ring of honor, that was most of our top match that we had seen so far. Great to see Biff uh, on the Indies doing great. Uh, losing a lot of blood though. Uh, can't I, I really hope he uh, didn't get cut open anymore after the WrestleCon show because uh, he did, he did start bleeding again there. Um, but yeah, it was just that simplicity. The, the fact that it made how many, suicide dives do we see every single wednesday night for example on tv and we're like eh, whatever that's just a normal dive and then people falling off the ring and onto the concrete at blood sport we were all genuinely terrified like oh that wasn't supposed to happen right um so just the the ability to strip down what we usually see from wrestling and make that special was really cool yeah the the first show of the week we really had our our hopes high and it delivered we go to this cool venue which ended up being just walking around the cotton bowl and seeing all that crazy texas only uses this sweet area just like once a year or twice a year for a, a fair in the cotton bowl but once we got in there the atmosphere was just right for the the pay-per-view or the the fight whatever it was um the matches hit the American Red Cross was weeping from the amount of blood everyone lost, but especially Biff. Um, it set the tone for the weekend off strong, and we um, it just there was no way you couldn't enjoy that. Yeah, and it was an interesting time warp too, because you imagine this is probably what it was like to watch wrestling in the I don't know nineteen twenties and the Hackenschmidt and Strangler Lewis era. Um, where everyone thought it was real and you use submission moves and 
things uh, just ha- again had that sense of realism and uh, simplicity to them, and it really did come off well. Um, I'll definitely want to check out Bloodsport in the future because I was very impressed. This is my style of wrestling where it's reality based and it's striking based and submission based. Uh, so really cool show. This is my favorite, even though, yes, the Ring of Honor show had uh, a better match, the match of the week, and the WrestleMania show was the most stupendous spectacle we've ever seen. Um, any last thoughts, gentlemen, before we wrap up? Um, honorable mentions to Bandito for uh, two yeah. great matches. Um, shout out to him for holding two people in suplexes for two minutes separately. But <laughs> holy shit, that was great. Awesome to travel around the the city of Dallas with Minoru Suzuki. Um, And um, as always, great time with you boys. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, Bandito, uh, I can't believe the uh, the commitment to that bit of doing the 60-second suplexes because those are brutal. And especially the second time we saw him do it at Ring Ring of Honor, uh, that was televised. So uh, good on him for having that kind of confidence. But yeah, I, w- I would give him an honorable mention. Um, I think I just kind of mentioned Biff. I think just seeing him come back, um, you know, I never knew of him until he went to NXT. So it's going to be cool to see the indie version of him. Um, and then also, I just think it was really cool overall um, getting to, we met so many people when we were down there. Uh, an honorable mention to Chris here because Sean and I are way too awkward to promote our podcast to people. Uh, but Chris did a great job of passing out stickers to people. Uh, he's even got us a, a potential guest lined up um, from New Japan, so excited about that. Um, and and to echo what Sean said, there is uh, it was a great time with with the guys. All oh, also shout out to Sean for uh, having the same hotel selection as DDP, the great hotel. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> that it's hotel. Taste. Yeah, no, but that was like, the best hotel I've been to. <laughs> Me too. Um, oh, yeah, that it was such mind. a great hotel. So Sean did such a fantastic job of finding that for us, and it was a really cool venue. We had some really good food and drinks there. Fifty uh, percent off champagne when we remembered it. <laughs> that was that was great, and then uh, yeah, it was just a it was a cool city. I was very impressed with Dallas. That was the first time I've been to Texas, and the arts uh, area of the city was really unique, and it had a great vibrancy. Um, it was such a damn good time. So looking forward to doing WrestleMania weekend in the future, except minus the WrestleMania part, but all the indie shows, all the wrestlers, all the, uh, energy for the wrestling product itself was so cool to see. There was great fans everywhere. And it felt like there was, there was hundreds of thousands of people that actually went there, even though it wasn't that many. Yeah. And we probably ate the legally allotted amount of tacos per day that a a human is allowed. So (laughs) we did all we could. We did all we could. Lots of tacos and lots of cheap, shitty beer at the end of the night, which was Mm. always good too, even though we're paying for it now and uh, our sleep cycles are all really, really messed up. So it's going to take us a couple of days to get back to normal. Um, Normally at the end of the show, we go into what we anticipate, but I think all of us are anticipating not watching wrestling for a little bit and just taking a (laughs) quick break so we can become fans again because we had more than our fill uh, the last couple of days. So a tolerance uh, break. Yeah. Tolerance break. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to take some 12 steps programs for this. Uh, Thanks for listening today. Uh, If you'd like to continue to support the podcast, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Please continue to support the show by sharing the podcast with your fellow wrestling fans, and then follow us at wrestling elitist podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Visit our website at wrestlingelitist.com. This week we'll have a lot of columns, some cool pictures, a lot of extra bonus content from our trip this week. Uh, Just want to thank you. And Richard Rude, take us home. Hit the music.